0: But our gospel lesson this morning, uh, which is now where we're turning our attention, comes from Matthew's gospel, the third chapter. I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 12 this morning, and it's, the, it's entitled The Proclamation of John the Baptist. This one who comes before Jesus and prepares the way, the one of whom the prophets spoke of. And so I would encourage you either to follow along on the screen above me, uh, close your eyes and listen as I read or maybe even this morning you have a Bible app that you'd like to use. But Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a belt, Do not presume to say to yourselves we have Abraham as our ancestor for I tell you God is able to raise up from these stones is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree every tree therefore that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire I baptize you with water for repentance but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me I am not worthy to untie his sandals He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bow before you this morning, and Lord, we thank you for this time where we can gather together, where we can sing your praises, where we can turn our attention to your word. But Lord, we realize this is just a small bit of what you desire to do in our lives. We know that you desire us to repent, to turn to you, to enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ and to begin to live for him each and every day. But Father, today we pray that you would begin that work in us, that Lord, you would stir us to greater levels of faith and hope and love as we follow you and serve you. So, Lord, we ask over these next few moments that you would open our eyes, that we would see your truth more clearly, that you would unclog our ears, that we might hear your voice speak more plainly. And, Lord, we pray that you would give us lives that are ready to go and live out your truth to the honor and glory of your name. And now, Lord, I ask humbly this morning that you would either speak through me or I ask that you'd speak in spite of me. But I pray that regardless, your word would go forth and that we, your people, would be changed because of it. It is in Christ's name and to his honor and glory we ask all these things. And together, all God's people said, amen. Well, the last couple of days, I found myself at a soccer tournament with my son. We were over in the Philadelphia area, and as we got ready to go to that soccer tournament, we made sure that we had made every preparation, that we had all the gear packed that he was going to need for those next couple of days, and we made sure that our bags were packed so that we had what we needed. And we knew that yesterday was supposed to be 58 and rainy as the tournament kicked off. And I'm thinking, 58? It's December! This sounds great! Rain? What's a little rain? So we found ourselves out at the soccer field at 7 o'clock yesterday morning, and the rain was pouring down, the wind was blowing so strong it took away our umbrella. It was blowing horizontal. And I tell you what, 58 and rain in December doesn't feel like 58. So we came home. We came back to the hotel from that first match. We were utterly drenched. The only thing that wasn't soaked were my shoes because I wore some rain boots. And I'm thinking, all right, this is going to be no problem. Surely the hotel has you know some place where we can dry our clothes, or if not, there's a laundromat nearby. So we got to the front desk, and I said, well, do you have you know a, a, a washer and dryer that the guests can use? No. Okay, where's the closest laundromat? It's two exits down. I'm thinking, oh, this, we prepared for everything. Surely this is going to work out. We're thinking, what can we do? And I'm thinking, I have these plastic tubs in the back of my truck because I wanted to be prepared in case rain came in. And so I took one of those plastic tubs and we took the hair dryer that the hotel provided and we made our own little makeshift dryer there in the room, putting all the wet clothes in, putting the lid back on top, and then putting the dryer in. And then every once in a while, we'd rotate the clothes by hand. It brought new meaning to tumble dry. Preparation, it's important. And this season that we find ourselves in, this season leading up to Christmas, is about preparation. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you ready for Christmas? Have all the necessary preparations been made by you and those that you love? I mean, how much shopping do you have done? Or maybe the more apt question this morning is how much shopping do you still have left to do? Is your Christmas tree in place? Are the lights on it? Are the decorations already hung? Have you thought about that holiday meal yet? Where you're going to gather, whom you're going to eat with, what is going to be served, or who might be bringing what to the meal? You see, each of these and so many other questions that we ask over these next few weeks are about preparation, being ready, because if we have someone show up to our house for a meal, we want to make sure that we have something to serve them. If we have people coming over, we want to make sure that the decorations are hung, that our our house looks festive and ready for Christmas. We want to make sure there are packages under the tree. So these are the kinds of questions that we ask. Questions about preparedness, questions about readiness. And so I ask you again, are you ready for Christmas? And I ask that because this weekend's passage of Scripture is all about preparation as well. In it, there's a scraggly kind of camel hair wearing locusts and honey eating. I mean, can you imagine that diet? Honey's all, I mean, he probably had like locust legs sticking out of his teeth. But there's this guy, he's out in the desert and, and he's dressed in this camel hair. A leather belt is around his waist. And around town, he's become known as the baptizer. And John has taken this description that the prophet Isaiah gave long ago about one who would prepare the way of the Lord. He's taken that description as his calling. He believes that that is what God has called him to, that he believes that's why God has placed him upon this earth. He is the one to cry out in the wilderness. He is the one to prepare the way of the Lord. And so each day, this scraggly, camel-hair-wearing, leather-belt-toting, locust-eating man stands out there, and he does the work that he believes God has called him to. Each and every day, he goes down, and he stands by the banks of the Jordan River, and as he stands there beside the river, he calls people to repent, to change their ways, to have their hearts and lives transformed. And if they hear that message, if they heed it, if they repent and they change their ways, then right there, right there in that very river, he baptizes them one after another. And all of this, Matthew, is clear. John is doing to prepare the way for the one who will come after him, one who is far greater than he, one who John knows he is unworthy to even untie the sandals of. He does this. Because he's preparing the way. He's preparing the way by preparing people so that they're ready to receive that fuller life that Jesus has come to give. He's doing this very work so that people will repent and they'll be ready to embrace that new and different life that he wants to give them. Everything he's doing is about preparation. Now we too find ourselves in this season of Advent. It's a season of waiting, a season of longing, a season of expectation, a season of preparation. And during these weeks of Advent, we join with John in eager anticipation of the celebration of the dawn of the birth of salvation of God himself, the very Son of God. We prepare for that celebration. We prepare with eagerness to celebrate the birth of the one who died and gave his body broken, and his blood shed so that our sins could be forgiven. We prepare with eager anticipation for for the celebration of the birth of Emmanuel, God with us. The hope, the peace, the joy, the love that accompanies it. We prepare to accept all these things and we watch and wait with John to see what God is doing on the horizon. But the thing is, over 2,000 years have passed since the birth of Christ. We've already seen and heard of the story of God's great plan of salvation, of how he'll give eternal life to all who believe. So now we look forward to another horizon. That which is to come, that day when things are going to be set right, when some of the things that Isaiah talks about in today's scripture passage come to fruition. When peace will come, when the peaceable kingdom will arrive. See, there's preparation involved. And during this season of preparation, this season of waiting, one of the stories we look to is that of a young woman named Mary, a virgin who is betrothed, who who is ready to marry her fiancé. And amidst it all, she receives this incredible announcement. An announcement from an angel that she's going to be with child. To... She's going to give birth to the very Son of God. For Mary, that's tough news. For Mary, that's difficult news because she lives in a culture where she could be put to death for being pregnant outside of the bonds of marriage. She lives in a culture where she could literally die because of this news. No one's expecting salvation to come from this place. No one is expecting her to be the conduit for what God is going to do. But history reveals that's exactly what happens. God works in and through this young virgin, and he brings about salvation to the entire world. She becomes this incredible instrument that God uses to bring his plan of salvation to bear on this world all around us. But long before that birth, Mary had to be prepared for what was going to come. So the angel came and the angel announced, Mary, this is what is happening to you. This is what's going to take place. God knew that Mary needed to be prepared. And long before she would give birth to this child, Mary had to prepare. She found herself having to come to grips with this news good news of great joy. And long before that Christmas morn, Mary found herself happy to prepare just as John did for this Savior who was and is to come. Now Mary's preparation was different than John. She didn't put on camel hair and a leather belt and go out and stand by the River Jordan. That was what he was called to do. That was how he needed to respond, and how he was to prepare the way. Now, the young Mary's course of action was different. Her way of preparing involved humility, of humbly accepting this incredible and angelic announcement that she received, of humbly submitting to God's will for what he wanted to do in and through her. And I love how Luke records Mary's response. In Luke chapter 1, verse 38, this is what Mary does as she responds and as she prepares. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Do you hear those words of submission? Do you hear the words of a life now being given over to God's plan and what God wants to do? Here am I, the servant of the Lord. May it be to me according to your word. I love that. So just as those who had heard John's message were challenged to repent and change their ways and began to embark on this new, new journey with God in faith, so too did Mary have to humbly submit have faith in God, the trust that His word was faithful and true. That's what she did friends that brings us to us we find ourselves in this season of preparation as we find ourselves in this season of waiting and ex- expectation we need to borrow the words of that famous christmas carol joy to the world and we have to let every heart prepare him room advents about longing with eager anticipation for the birth of Emmanuel, God with us for God's glorious plan of salvation to dawn on the world, and it has. Now we have to receive it. We have to accept it. We have to learn to walk by faith as we prepare for that day when Christ will come again. And so just as we take time to prepare for Christmas for the, the trees and, and, and all the gifts under the tree and, and all the, the meals that are going to take place, the cookies, just as we prepare for all those things, so too do we have to prepare our hearts. And we do that first of all by repenting, by confessing the sins that we've done, by expressing to God the wrong that we've done, by expressing to Him our need of Him. Accepting this incredible gift that he's given. That of his one and only son, our Savior. And we do that by confessing with our mouths that he is Lord. By, by committing with the help of the Holy Spirit. The guidance of God's word. And the accountability of Christian community. To begin that new and different life that he has for us. Each and every one of us, though, need to make these necessary Preparations. Each and every one of us need to make room in our hearts for him. No one can do that for us. No one can force us to do it. And I want to tell you this. The good news is Christmas is coming. The good news is that God's plan of salvation has come to earth. We have Emmanuel. We have God with us. He's given everything to be in relationship with us to know us and be known by us. What an incredible gift, amen? We have to receive it. And once we receive that gift, we have to go and live new lives in in light of the reality of that gift. We have to go and live lives knowing that he is going to come again and we want to be found ready. We want to be found waiting. We want to be found prepared. So I ask you again this morning, are you ready? Have you made the necessary preparations? Only this time I'm not talking about Christmas trees. I'm not talking about getting ready for the holiday meal. I'm not talking about making sure all the lights and decorations are up. No, I'm asking that question about what's most important. Have you made room in your heart for the Savior and the Lord? Have you taken those necessary steps to begin that relationship with him? God's already made all the necessary preparations. He gave his one and only son. Jesus' body broke His his bloodshed so that we could have that relationship. But have you accepted that gift by faith? If you haven't, today can be that day. If you haven't, this Advent season can be about making the most important preparations in all the world. To be ready for Christ when he comes again. So I ask you again, are you ready? Are you ready? Have you confessed Jesus to be Lord? And are you beginning to live under that Lordship right here, right now? Let every heart, prepare him room. Let every heart prepare him room. Amen.